thanks for dialing into our podcast. We're the Light Church Bradford here in Yorkshire, England, a church committed to following Jesus and loving our city back to life again. We truly hope and pray this week's message helps you and encourages you on your journey, especially in these really challenging times. Yeah, I asked uh, Tarzan just to share because I don't know about you, but personally, I get really spurred on by other people's testimonies and as we think about giving as we think about generosity often hearing people kind of yeah just talk about the joy it brings their hearts and just how other stuff kind of flows into and out of your lives as a result is uh, is really great i have to say that as i think um i've been a christian for nearly 30 years and i think about all the ways my life has changed one of the habits that i've by God's grace, being able to develop that I absolutely love has been the habit to give and the opportunity to give generously, at times to give extravagantly. I can still remember as a, a new Christian at age 19 and, uh, and uh, I, I read a book that proved to be a really influential book on my life. It was called Rich Christians in an Age of Hunger. And uh, not only did it grip my heart for God's heart for justice and compassion, not only did it remind me that actually compared to the rest of the world, I'm pretty rich, and even as a student, that was true. Um, But the the author, um, Ron Sider, shared a little bit of how he handled his money and his finance, a little bit like Tarzan has just done. And he talked about how they decided as a family to... Um, that they started off tithing, giving 10%, and then their commitment was to increase it by 1% a year and just to kind of keep going and keep going as long as they were able to do that. And just remember just being really impacted by this radical generosity. And as a, a brand new Christian, it was a bit like, wow, what, this is what it means to, to follow Jesus. And, and, and it gripped me. And I remember kind of like starting to give straight away, Student finances were tight. Mum was involved in a small Methodist charity working in the Dominican Republic. We got involved sponsoring a child over there. And yeah, it was just, it was just a new habit that had started to form. But then as we started to earn money, kind of we started to tithe. Then we soon realized that actually tithing was kind of what the, the law commanded. And generally, the, the, the people of the new covenant... They, they, they often went way beyond it with their sacrificial, extravagant giving, as we read about in the book of Acts. And uh, I have to say that for all the joy that comes around giving, I personally believe that giving financially is what I would call a cornerstone habit. Now, I didn't ask Emma to play Cornerstone this morning because I was going to be talking about it. That was just the Holy Spirit at work, which is good. Um, but I, I absolutely believe that, that it is a Cornerstone habit. And I tell you what, as I look around, especially at those people who have done decades of serving Jesus and loving Jesus, I just know that giving as that Cornerstone habit has been one of the key elements that have kept them walking with Jesus, kept them hot and passionate for Jesus. And so when we got to knowing that we were going to be looking to buy this building and then had to start thinking about where was that money going to come from, the Holy Spirit whispered in my heart and basically said, Matt, this is not a fundraising campaign. 
This is a disciple-raising campaign. This is not an issue of fundraising. This is an issue of discipleship. That this is a moment for us as the Light Church to press into greater obedience when it comes to discipleship with Jesus. You know, for, for Josie and I, we had a real privilege of getting really involved with Christians Against Poverty in those early years. And uh, many of you know the story. But they were kind of really heady, faith-filled days. They really were. I can still remember John offering us jobs. Here you go, there's two, two contracts to come and join us. And by the way, we've got no money to pay you whatsoever. And you've got to move to Bradford. It's like, seriously. Um, Little did I know how rich and beautiful Bradford is and uh, never want to go back down south. And uh, I can remember times and moments where we, we, we hadn't been paid for a couple of months and we just needed to reach to God for a miracle. And I can genuinely remember just going, well, we haven't got much left, but we will give it. I can remember other times when numbers of us, we... we, we had kind of like used remortgages to just invest money because it was just like, wow. And, and I look back on all of those times and all of those moments and think, I think there, they were discipleship moments and discipleship opportunities of almost kind of God saying, will you trust me with this? Will you trust me with your money? Will you trust me with your finances? Will you, will you step out? Will you be sacrificial? And it turns out to be cornerstone habits that we took with us. We took with us when we planted a church in Leeds. We took with us when we brought them here when we started Light Church 13 years ago. And I have seen, as Tarzan has seen as well, and many, many, many of you have seen, that when you give to the things that God is doing, there's almost like an extra joy. There is a joy about partnering with God in terms of the advancement of his kingdom, and even when it doesn't, this stuff, it shouldn't make sense. It really shouldn't. Because it involves sacrifice. All those times, all those weddings that you might have helped pay for or minibuses, you gave something up at that moment. And it involves, in one sense, giving something up. It's surprising, we all are surprised how it all seems to work out okay anyway. I was really... Um, I was really hit by this a few years back, and uh, I know that I have been and still am materially well off, financially well off, and, and we had the privilege of taking our kids skiing. I uh, so remember we were going down, down this mountain, and it was great, and I've been a few times, and and I, I think I was just chatting to one of the kids, and I was just like, oh, they were just, oh, this is so good. And I was like, oh, I know, I wish we could do this every year. And I went, you know what? We could do this every I was on a CEO salary. I was like, we could do this every year. We choose not to. And, and it just hit me, just like, yeah, you know what? And as much joy as there is, <laughs> whipping up some, some powder down the slopes... There is great joy. All those moments where we've given up a slightly nicer car, I have to say, 
easy. <laughs> we all have things that we find easier to sacrifice than others, and uh, not into cars, and uh, so not interested in that Mercedes. And <laughs> um, but holidays, maybe something we could do on our house. It comes with sacrifice, and it doesn't make sense. But there is joy in giving to the things of God. I believe that sacrificial, generous giving is a cornerstone, discipleship, practice, and principle. And I believe it, not just because I've seen it, but I believe it because Jesus said it. Jesus made the decision on so many occasions to make money a discipleship issue over and over again. And he said these famous words in Matthew uh, chapter 6, verse 24. He said, no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And uh, I came across this slight rephrasing of it where someone said, you cannot have a committed relationship with God and also be having an affair on the side with money. I love how that kind of just brings it to, to life in the whole kind of like marriage analogy. So Jesus says, either you'll love God and hate money or the other way around. And I don't know about you, but I wouldn't say I hate money. <laughs> I quite like money because I like the things that money enables me to do. I like the fact that money enabled me to get here this morning because I could afford a car and could afford petrol. And there is petrol available, which is good, isn't it? And, um, and I like to be able to go out for a meal and I like to be able to give and I like to be able to pay my mortgage so I've got a roof. I like that. I don't find myself hating money and yet I do find myself really loving God. And Jesus was, I guess, really almost kind of saying at a deep spiritual level, there is something seductive about money. And let's face it, it's never really about the money, is it? It's about the things it can buy. It's about the sense of security it can give us. And really, in a quite rare moment where Jesus is like, it's this or this, you choose. He's saying, whatever you do, don't choose to bow the knee. Don't choose to bow down to money and materialism and stuff. Choose to bow the knee to God. And then he says this bit at the end. He says, you cannot serve both God and money. And, and, and I, I really like this concept where when he, when he talks about serving, he's talking about a master-servant relationship. And, and, and effectively saying, you cannot be dictated to by God and by money. You have to choose who you are going to serve. And uh, the question here then, is who do I serve? Am I trying to serve God? 
am I trying to serve money? Am I trying to kind of keep them both happy in my decisions? What is it that grabs my heart and causes me and leads me in my decision making? I believe that when you can get to a point where you are being radically generous with your money, where you are being sacrificial, you have put money in its rightful place as your servant, not your master. And I'd even go so far to say that if you struggle to give, and if you've never given sacrificially, you've never given extravagantly and generously, then I think it might have a little bit of a hold on you. By the way, I think in many respects, money always has this bit of a hold on us. I think we will all struggle. It will be a lifelong journey to, to be totally and utterly free of the grip of money. But to be able to say to this, this fake master, down, down, it's not me here, money up there, me serve you. No, it's God up here, my master, my Lord, my leader, my guide. It's me here seeking my master's will. And then I've got this servant called money who I tell what to do, not just based on what I think what to do, but based on what my master teaches me and leads me to do. And so it's right to ask our master, our Lord, our, our king of all kings, so what should I do with whatever small or large amount of money and wealth you have given me? So Jesus, what should we do? I'm glad you asked, says Jesus. Well, what you shouldn't do is store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Did he really say don't store up anything? <laughs> but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy, thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And Jesus is really just saying there, like you just keep it all to yourself, that's where your heart will be. All about you, all about your world, all about you. But no, store up treasures in heaven. That's a bit of a strange concept, isn't it? To store up treasure in heaven. So well, kind of, what do you mean by that, Jesus? I'm glad you asked. He says back to us again. In Luke 12, he says these words. He says, do not be afraid, little flock. He needs to say that to some of us as we think about giving sacrifice. Do not be afraid. Your father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. He's given you so much good stuff. He's, he's given you the truth to live by. He's given you to, the way to walk and the way to live. Sell your possessions and give to the poor. This is one way 
that Jesus tells us to store treasure in heaven. Because he says, provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out a treasure in heaven that will not fail. So as we're generous, be it being generous to the poor, be it there be other kind of wider kingdom stuff, and as we give to this building, you are giving to the poor because this building will be consecrated to serve the broken and the needy here in this city as well as everything else that we will do in it as we worship him and, and do everything else that we will do here. It's almost like he's saying you're creating some kind of celestial trust fund. And the thought that there might be like a, there might be an account waiting because we, we don't give to get. We really, really don't. That do, do not hear that. And I hope you didn't hear that in what Tarzan said. It's just like, no, we give because God is good and he has blessed us. And as we get cornerstone habits placed in our lives to follow the path of the kingdom, be that financial habits, be that with our time and our energy and our care for those in need and our support of brothers and sisters, whatever it might be, Good stuff grows. Good stuff grows. You know, the world tells us that the richest people are those who have the most. Jesus tells us the richest people are those who give the most. I absolutely believe that with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. And I want to say that it's all relative. Because the most generous person that Jesus noticed and spoke about was one of the poorest people he ever engaged with. As he watched this, this poor widow put just a small little bit of amount into the temple offering... His actual words, and they're not on the screen because I hadn't planned to include this, but let's go with it. His actual words were, she has given more than everyone else put together. They gave out of their wealth, but she gave the little that she did. And I want to say that when we get to the stage where we are giving large amounts of money because... Some of us need to give large amounts of money for the purchase of this building to be possible. That there'll be some of you, your universal credit has just dropped. And that sucks for you. Gas and energy bills are going up. That really, really sucks for you. but I know that you're still going to do something. And Jesus is going to watch on. And I want you to know that if you, if you make, you might even make a decision to put £10 in an offering next week, that you aren't going to be able to put the electric on. That he will say, some of you, you've, you've given more than the rest of these people who might have been able to put noughts and noughts and noughts on the end of their giving. 
The richest are not those who have the most, but those who give the most. <sighs> Wasn't expecting that to happen. <laughs> Sorry, this universal credit thing and everything, it's just, it's a total storm, isn't it? Waiting to happen. By the way, church, whilst we're talking about giving, there are people in this church on really low incomes. So be listening to the voice of the Spirit for what you can do, who you can have round for dinner, who you can bless with an anonymous cash gift or whatever. Thanks, Mum doesn't want me wiping my nose on the back of my hands. Can't imagine why. I have a big blow now, okay, so for you people listening online... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I believe that this is a moment. This is a discipleship moment for every single one of us who are part of this church family. And, you know, when God said to me, this isn't about fundraising, this is about discipleship. I just thought, thank you, God. I'm not here to raise money. I'm here to make a family of disciples who make disciples. That's, that's, that's what I'm here for. I'm not here to own a building. I'm here to have a facility and a tool that will help us be a family of disciples that make disciples. And so when I stand here this week and next week, as I ask you to give generously and extravagantly, I do it with an excitement for what God wants to do in your heart and in your life as you make a decision. Something that is going to be good for you, a cornerstone decision that could change the trajectory of your life. I'm excited that you're going to make a decision that places money firmly in the place of servant. Say, I'm not going to bow to you. I'm going to bow to him and you're going to serve me as I serve him. I'm excited because you're going to make a decision that leaves no room for doubt that it's God you love. It's not money and the stuff that comes with it. I'm excited because you're going to make a decision that's going to increase your store of heavenly treasure, however all that stuff works. And I'm excited about that because where your treasure is, there your heart will be. And the thing that's most important to me and the leadership team is that your heart will be sold out for Jesus and fully in for the kingdom of God and all that that means. I'm also excited that we're all going to the, have the opportunity to do something that's going to impact the lives of thousands and I believe over the years, hundreds and then eventually thousands will not only experience God's love, but actually come to know him for themselves. I actually think that asking you to give is one of the most loving things I could do. Are you feeling the love? <laughs> And 
I believe I'm asking as well for those that can't ask for themselves. And I've had, as you know, 20 years experience of speaking up and asking people to give to the work of Christians Against Poverty for those that couldn't speak for themselves. There are two groups of people. Again, I just felt God say, ask them to give for them. The first group is children and young people. They, they can't buy this building, yeah? By the way, if you have got a child who can buy this building, then uh, <laughs> make sure they're in Rachel's uh, session next week where she's going to start talking to them about giving. And, um, but a huge benefit of being a church of this size means the way that we can be a blessing to our own families, but also other families that are being drawn in, be they families that we reach through TLG, families that we're reaching through Make Lunch, families who turn up at Food Bank with nothing. It's just say, yeah, come along and join in and find out what there is. And we can do that. And I, I genuinely do. I want to see those young people out on the decking. I want to see the, our older youth. I want to see the youngsters that are downstairs, upstairs. I'm not sure exactly where they are. I want to see them raised to be the, the, the kingdom bringers and the history makers that God wants them to be. So that they might l- fall in love with Jesus, that they might encounter the Holy Spirit and they might keep the flame of Jesus burning bright in this city and in their generation. That is part of why we need a building. You know, one of the main reasons that we need to meet together on a Sunday is that our kids can join together. And they can, be, they can be taught and they can be encouraged and they can get to know another and they can build, make friendships and all of that. And so we're giving for them. And the other group we're giving for who really can't give for themselves are those who are struggling in poverty. Who are really, really, really lonely this morning. Sitting in their crappy bed sit. Wondering if there's anything worth living for. And boy, there's something worth living for as we celebrated last week. As we baptised Craig, as we baptised Joe, and we heard some of, their, some of their story. There are more Craigs out there and there are more Joes out there that God wants us to meet. And by having a building and by using this space day in, day out to be able to, to meet needs, to be able to help people in debt, to be able to reach some of the kids who are most at risk of permanent exclusion and turning to a life of crime and being able to step in and see lives turned around and changed. That is another big reason why we are giving. And so I just want to run through some practicalities. So... If you're part of this church, you're on our email and, and, and you, you actually read the emails. Um, it's fine. It's fine if you don't. I promise. I don't take it personally. <laughs> Even Josie doesn't read them sometimes, so, um, <laughs> and I know she loves me. But So a few practicalities. So we have got until the end of October to raise the money that we need to buy this building. As I mentioned last week, CAP have been really generous to us in holding off from another cash buyer to give us the time to, re- to regather as church and to get the money that we need together, which is, which is fantastic and, and, and we're so grateful. But listen, if we don't get there, well, instantly we have to find a new home for Food Bank, okay? 
Within not many months, we'll probably have to find a new home for our TLG education centre. We'll need to find somewhere new to meet on a Sunday. Who fancies getting up at 7 o'clock in the Sunday morning to be the AV team? And AV t don't, don't leave. Don't walk out. <laughs> We'd, I don't want to be putting time and effort into just moving from place to place and having nowhere to meet midweek and, blah, 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 and all that stuff. So this is time critical and it is really, really essential. So this first stage, we need to raise £290,000. And that is for a 35% deposit towards a mortgage and some of the associated fees. So we need to raise £290,000. And I want to let you know that God has already been so good to us. If you've read the stuff that I've sent out, you will know this already. Firstly, uh, we so grateful that over the years, and particularly through COVID, as your generosity continued to the church, and we didn't have to spend as much as we would normally run in the church, we've managed to build up some reserves, and Food Bank have built up some significant reserves just because of the amazing generosity from Bradford, basically, which has been fantastic. And so kind of, uh, the trustees have kind of made the decision that there's 70,000 pounds of reserves that we can put straight away towards that, which is absolutely fantastic. It's, it's, it's brilliant. And, uh, and, and just recently, we've had news of some amazing funding. So the Trussell Trust have accessed some funding. Trussell Trust, the umbrella organization that we... Um, you just pop that window shut, Tom, thank you. Um, and, and, and they've got this strategic grant fund thing, and they've said they're going to give us £30,000 towards <laughs> buying this building and using this space, which is amazing. Then... Josie, kind of spearheaded a little bit by Alison, but with the, the food bank team, made the decision they were going to do a three-day fast, which starts this time next week, to basically say to Bradford, we're doing this. Many of the people doing it know what it's like to go without food for three days. And they also know what it's like to turn up and receive a food parcel to keep you going for three more days. And... Uh, that has been amazing, okay? They've already smashed through their 10,000 pound target, already hit 15,000 pounds, and it's still growing, which is amazing. And these are, these are individuals that support the food bank giving 10 pound, 20 pound. This is companies saying, here's 1,000 pounds, here's 2,000 pounds. If you know anyone who maybe would really get behind that, send them on the link and say, would you support this? Would you get behind it? And uh, so that's, that takes us up to £115,000, which leaves us with £175,000 left to raise. And so it kind of comes to us and what we need to do. I mentioned last week that I really felt the tone of this whole thing and really has it reflected the heart of our church, was set when two different individuals, both of whom I would have, like, if I'd had to guess, I would have guessed they did not have this money available to them. And I don't know what it cost them, but both of them said, I want to give a thousand pounds. And I can't say who they are, but I tell you what, both of them, it's a jaw drop moment of Wow. I remember just being humbled. 
like the first two gifts from two of the less well-off members of our congregation. And the fact they just went for it. <laughs> Didn't wait for a giving day or anything like that. They just went for it. I also want to tell you, because one of the principles that we had at CAT when it came to giving was those of us that were leaders, we went first. Almost as a God, we're putting our stake in the ground and we're trusting you. And so I went to our leaders and our trustees and I said, I want us to do the same. I want us to go first. I'm struggling to hold it together this morning. <laughs> and um, there's even a couple of them still praying about it, and that's cool. But between them, with, with, with the gift aid that we'll be able to reclaim, we're at 55,000 pounds the people who are responsible for leading this church and overseeing this church have already done a third of what we wanted to happen. And yeah, I tell you what, it's not about the money, it's not about the building, but it is about the heart. And I'm, yeah, so incredibly blessed, which, uh, which means just to, to buy the building, we're only just over £112,000 short. That's a long way from the 290 I started with about 10 minutes ago, isn't it? Isn't it? We're living in a miracle, and we all get to play our part. And by the way, you might already be thinking, like I am, what happens if we get more? That's fine. <laughs> because I don't know about you, I think this carpet needs replacing. <laughs> yeah? I think it all needs a lick of paint. <laughs> I think there's a, there is so much God wants us to do to make this a demonstration of his divine welcome to every single person that walks through the door. And, and so that will, that will help. And when we sell the lands down there, the money we release from that, that will help with all the refurbishment that needs to be done. And there, there is work that needs to be done, particularly to house TLG and house Food Bank and all of that. And so, yeah. The weird thing about this is I'm not going to ask you to give today. <laughs> Unless you don't plan coming back next week. <laughs> um, as you will see, both from this thing that you might find on your seat and also what I sent out, I have not blown the budget on marketing and design. <laughs> I haven't blown anything apart from a bit of my time. And uh, this was just a, a simple thing that, that just showed that because we're a diverse church, there are some people that might be able to give small gifts, and there are some people that might be able to give bigger gifts. And, and, and really, I just want you to take that, and I want you to kind of pray over it and pray about it. I want to say that whilst we can accept pledges, we mostly actually need cash in the bank to actually have the deposit so we can actually get the mortgage, yeah, and a 
whilst the pledge is wonderful, we kind of need to be seeing money coming in like this side of Christmas in order to be able to, to, be, to, to be kind of doing that. And, and, and I, I do just want to say that, even though I kind of joked about it, if you're planning to be here next week, I really want to make next week the moment that we kind of all come and we kind of, as far as possible, give together and have a moment where we have a bucket, because you need a bucket, um, otherwise it's just not the same. Um, <laughs> and, we, and, we, and we bring our offerings, big, medium, small, remembering that often the small is the big in God's eyes, where we bring it, and you can take this home with you, you can fill it Fill it in at home if you want, or you can take it home just to be a reminder to, to pray on how you might do that. And I just, uh, yeah, I just want us all that when we get this place, which we will, that as we step into all that God has for us as a church, we can all stand shoulder to shoulder, knowing that we've all done our bit for the kids for the young people, for the lost, for the broken and the poor, and also for everybody else for whom this can be a, one of the places that we come together as church and worship together and serve him together. I pray you'd see this as a discipleship moment and a discipleship opportunity. <clears throat> I totally missed a bit out of my talk. I'm gonna, I'll, do this, I'll do this quickly, because I've already gone on way longer than I wanted to. Um, and uh, forgive me for not being totally on it. These, are, these giving envelopes, which normally we'd have around and about, just want to say that kind of another key part of it, if you're new to this church, is regular giving into the church. Really vital, really crucial for us as we move forward and so maybe you want to pick one of these up if you're becoming part of our church family and uh, and tithe into the church or give into the church but the reason we don't stand up and talk about money that often is because you're sitting amongst a bunch of people who do this month in month out committed giving to the church which means we can carry on thank you so much for listening hey you made it to the end that's even more encouraging if you'd like to find out more about who we are visit our website at thelightchurch.org.uk we pray god's blessing on you now as you go into the rest of your day